Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. I'm so excited about this. We are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We're marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We are the business creators who help others create their businesses, and we are also do-it-yourselfers who like to have our own hands on the levers as we market and grow. If you, the listener, find yourself in at least one of those categories, or in most cases, one or more of those categories, please take a moment, explore our episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or go to our website and click the big banner in our sidebar. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated, helps us serve more business creators just like you. And when you subscribe through your iTunes, you will get over 170 episodes, immediate access on a broad variety of topics related to business creators. Now, today is going to be a very unique episode, and for those who saw it on the website or who saw the line on your iTunes and clicked on this, saw the title is Fashion, Business, and Abused Dogs, or What Do Fashion and Abused Dogs Have in Common? Uh, We can go by either title. Now, what excites me about this is those who have listened to the Business Creators Radio Show for a while have sometimes heard my cats meowing in the background, have sometimes heard their little bells on their collars jingling. Uh, They say to us podcasters, put your cats outside, put your dogs outside. Uh, That's not going to happen. The fact is they are my personal assistants and they work here. So if they meow, if they jingle like Princess Alessandra did just right there, you might have heard it, so be it. Uh, there are thousands of homeless and abused animals roaming around our country, and the person we're bringing on today is somebody who is doing his part to help. And that's why I was so inspired when I was first introduced to the opportunity to interview this gentleman. And uh, this is going to be a little bit of a unique twist on what we do here. Uh, we are going to discuss how and why he's created two separate companies, both geared toward raising funds to care for abused animals. To help us with this today, I am so excited to introduce Stephen Riznick. Stephen, welcome aboard. Thank you so much, Adam. It's a pleasure to be aboard. Yeah, so what I'd like to do here is I'd like to, first of all, um, tell our listeners just a little bit about you. Uh, Stephen Riznick is a business lawyer with several distinguishing factors. He's a huge animal lover like me and has created two companies, Relationships 901, and a fashion company called Antonio Stefano in order to raise money that supports abused and abandoned dogs. His goal is to raise $20 million to build a diagnostic intensive dog hospital that caters to the public, but at the same time, 100% of its profits go into a trust account. Whenever a shelter incurs an abused and abandoned dog, that animal will be able to get free diagnostics, free major medical, dental, and even grooming available only for its free patients. As the hospital becomes more successful, that circumference of coverage will increase. What we're going to be talking about here today is the idea of how fashion and abused dogs come together towards solving this very, very noble cause. Uh, So, Stephen, 
I just read off your bio there, and it's a lot. It's a very ambitious plan. That's very admirable, and I think you can see why I was so excited to bring you on the Business Creators Radio Show. But tell us a little bit in your own words for our listeners who are right now getting to know you, a little bit about your personal journey that led you to this intersection of your brilliance and passion. Well, <laughs> what, you know, and, and it's interesting that you ask that question because my own mother says to me, you never used to like dogs when you were young. You didn't care. We had a dog. You didn't pay attention to them. Right. Well, one day <clears throat> after um, I'd gone to Harvard for a while and studied strategic management, came back, ran, our law, ran the law firm, and um, we did pro bono. You know, each lawyer did $15,000 worth of free work for some people. And long story short, you know, most of our business was over the phone. And you get to know a person very well, you know, how fast they're speaking, the tone, the modality, everything. You get to really, you know, get the essence. And I talked to one client one morning, a morning I'll never forget. And I said, and he was usually happy, upbeat. And I said, something's wrong, what's up? And he says, nothing's wrong. And I said, listen, I know you better than that. Don't lie to me. Just tell me what's wrong. He said, nothing's wrong. I said, I'm not going to talk to you today unless you tell me. And he finally told me. Cause I knew something was really wrong, and I wanted to see if I could help him. And he said, this morning I had a very difficult decision to make. And I said, what is it? Well, what was it? And he said, either send the kids to school with food every day, pay the rent, or take care of the dog who needs a veterinarian. Um, and he's been a family member for X number of years, and we had to put the dog down, and we're absolutely devastated. Oh, and no. I can't, I don't know what happened. You know, just sometimes you have that moment that changes your your destiny, changes everything. That was that moment for me, because I reflected. And that's why I'd mentioned that I'd gone to, to school in Boston. I said, you know, with all my education, with everything that I've been taught, with all my experience, there's got to be something I can do to alleviate the situation. Um, because I know there are a lot of people who don't have money for their pets, but um, then as it evolved, you know, I got onto Facebook and people sent me all these stories about dogs. As it evolved and I learned a lot, because uh, this journey started about five, four or five years ago, I, I turned around and I realized um, that there's a dog that's abandoned and then also been abused, and this dog has nobody and nothing. It's the first right. dog to be euthanized. And yet, you know what? That's the strongest dog. A dog that can be treated badly, goes, you know, sits in a cage in a, in a vet hospital, goes through all these painful procedures, and is still managing to, you know what I mean, keep a positive attitude. Um, that's a stronger dog than a dog who's got a loving family that spoils him to death. As we right. do. So um, I said to myself, you know, nobody speaks up for them. They simply euthanize them, and it's easy to euthanize them because nobody, nobody says anything, nobody cares. And so I, I started by um, throwing events um, to raise money for dogs. And our last event, for example, was a fashion show with 550 people, and we tried to make them very unique, very high-end. The problem we faced was, number one, you know, we didn't know high-end donors as many of the organizations who do this full-time do. So I okay. financed everything out of my own pocket, but at the end of the day, about a third of the people wanted free tickets because they knew me. 
this, that, everything. Um, and you, we ended up losing about $5,000 per event. I said to myself, well, this doesn't make sense. You know, we're doing everything right, da, da, da. But also San Diego's not used to spending a lot of money to go to high-end events. And we wanted them to be high-end, to be something different than the average, you know, walk-in, here's a bar with a bunch of alcohol, and they call it a party. So, you know, we had acrobats, we had... Uh, we had the casino, we had smoke bombs exploding. We just made them very, very different at high-end venues. Um, and so I said to myself that, you know, it would, take, it would take an entire team to find donors. And then it's a constant job, finding these donors, getting their money year after year. And you know what I mean? It's, it's just, And then you're competing with a lot of great charities in many areas. And abandoned and abused dogs, uh, regrettably, don't have many fans. So I was uh, struggling with uh, finding a solution. And then I I said to myself, I need something that's self-sustaining, something that can go on long after I pass away and continue making money. And so that's when I finally said to myself, you know what, I need to start a business for the dogs. And, um, you know, we had Relationships 901 and Antonio Stefano, the clothing firm, and, you know, we're speaking today about the clothing firm. Both of those companies, by law, can donate 49% maximum of their profits towards a nonprofit. And uh-huh. in addition to that, the other 51 I can do with what I want after I've paid my taxes. It's just that they, you know, they'd have to remove a third or 40% of it. So there's also that money available. And, you know, I, I know I'm a lawyer. I ended up in law quite by accident. <laughs> But long story, I'm more of a businessman with a law degree, and right. one of the areas that always interested me, which you know people say it doesn't make any sense, well, be, be that as it may, was fashion. And uh, okay. the person that I really looked up to was Johnny Versace. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, what he demonstrated to the world is, you know, clothes don't have to be boring. Clothes can be expressive. You can have your own signature with these with, with these clothes that that he designed, for example, and and, then, and he became extremely popular. And um, one of the things that I was I wasn't big into fashion, but I mean I enjoyed it. But one of the things I missed were his ties. I, I had a massive collection of of Johnny Versace ties, and then they got more conservative um, after he passed away. I said to myself, "Mm, you know, there's something missing in the market. So we started out with men's ties. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I even went to uh, the biggest apparel show in the world called Magic in Vegas um, just recently. Even there, we got compliments on the ties where, you know, there's a million great things to see there. um, But men and women compliment you on them. So we started designing ties We've got 20 different ties, and we're the first company, I think, to offer every single design in three sizes. And they're handmade in Lake Como, um, and they're 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 printed. We're one of the top where we're one of the top five designers prints theirs, and handmade, where another top five has um, theirs handmade. So in terms of quality, we've got quality. If we can make this into a brand. We can have a sustainable revenue from this. Then we this and relationships 901 will then fuel the money to build the hospital. There's a lot of money to be made in a veterinary facility in 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 a state where people love dogs, which is California, definitely. 
And uh, But the problem you have is the same t- problem a, pa- a pediatrician has. The patient can't tell you what's wrong. They can't talk to you. You can guess, but, you know, I just spent, what, in the last three years, I think $30,000 in vet fees, all these tests, all this guessing, because we don't know. So um, I want to have a highly diagnostic center, which other veterinarians would refer their people to, their, their clients to, and we'll run 24 hours a day, and uh, then we'll become, from that, obviously, we're going to have a surgical center, and uh, all of the profits from that will go, as you mentioned earlier, to take care of any abused and abandoned dog um, that comes into a shelter and, and needs and needs help. Wow. All right. So now that you've answered every single question I was planning to ask. Well, that was a short version, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, seriously, you pretty much did go through a lot of the things that we had originally planned to cover. But the beauty of the Business Creators Radio Show is we often find ourselves inspired uh, by things that we hear from our guests and allows us to uh, pursue some different avenues. And sometimes things come up that may seem like they're tangents, but could turn out to be that nugget of gold that our listener was not expecting to hear today. At the same time, it becomes the path to their riches. Uh, I can tell you this. I personally love ties. I don't like getting dressed up, but when I do like, when I do get dressed up, I love having a really nice tie. I was given some advice a long time ago by somebody who otherwise I wouldn't uh, allow to give me advice on how to cross the street, but, you know, every every busted clock is right twice a day. This, and I, and I qualify it that way to show how much I value this advice. It's so important to me, is especially, you know, with your, if, like, like if you're just first starting out and you don't have a lot of funds or you find yourself in a situation where uh, your cash flow is not what you need or want it to be, uh, but you got to get dressed up. You got to put on a suit. Uh, the advice I was given is if you got to if you got to go to the bargain warehouse for the suit, do that. Spend the fifty bucks to have it tailored up nice and neat for you, and then put a very high quality tie on top of that because the tie is what's going to stand out. Uh, is that your experience, Stephen? I couldn't agree with you more because the problem we face is men. There are really only three accessories that we can use to identify ourselves. One is the tie, one is the watch, and one is the belt. Because even with shoes, if you get too funky with shoes, and I've lived in L.A. before uh, for many years, um, you know, the mainstream no longer respects you. So you want to be able to walk into any venue with any CEO or whomever they may be and, and still command you know a certain amount of respect for how you look because unfortunately say what you want but the business world will judge you you know on your appearance and get what 60 seconds or less for that first impression uh you know our law firm for example if somebody comes in for an interview and their shoes aren't shined that interview just ended we don't even need to begin we'll say hello would you like a cup of coffee and, and, you know, a couple of questions, and, and that's the end of it. So, you know, because it, it tells you that the person doesn't pay attention to detail. So if somebody has a tie that dazzles, I know we just started with ties. We're not going to, and it's not our, you know, we're not stopping with ties. We've designed a beautiful ladies' bathrobe as well. But, but what I'm trying to say is we started out with ties because I needed more ties uh, that, that spoke. Um, and, yes, it makes a difference because if you look at my wardrobe, 80%, maybe 90% of my suits are some version of black. 
by you know they're nice suits, right. but they're also some version of black. What stands out? It's going to be the tie, and people yeah. will remember you. Yeah, and especially if you're somebody who's in public life and you wear a suit every day, like say perhaps if you're the president of the United States or you're the CEO of a major corporation and you're always in public and you're always wearing a suit, I mean, how many different versions of a blue suit or a black suit can you possibly come up with before (laughs) you start to look eccentric? The fact is you're going to be wearing substantially the same suit every day, even if you have 10 copies of it. So how do you stand out from day to day? A A nice tie. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing a person will notice. They won't will notice your watch, and today, you know, to be honest with you, I will, have got an Apple iWatch. I don't think I'd ever go back to a regular watch anyway. Sure. That seems to be the trend. There's a few beautiful um, belts that you can buy. Hermes, Versace make beautiful belts. But at the end of the day, at eye level, what are you going to notice? The tie actually went to a conference um, unfortunately, I have to go to techie conferences. Not, not my first choice, but to learn all this stuff for dogs. And never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be going to bloody techie conferences. But I went there, and a guy came up to me, and he says, your name is Stefano. And I said to him, yes. I said, well, where have we met? I met you at this other conference. Remember, you had this tie I like. I was blown right. away. I couldn't believe he remembered me because of my tie. So, yes, it does make a difference. It does. And, and I think it speaks to who you are. The business of having the, you know, the, the pure red tie or blue tie uh, so it's conservative and pleases all just basically says at the end of the day, you know, I'm a boring person. I just want to please everybody. You know, I, right. don't, I don't think men should be limited because fashion for men is very limited. And the tie is one thing that can speak for you. That's very that's very true. I mean, I have some ties that I've had for years. Back when I used to work for companies and I put on a suit and tie every day, I still have a lot of the ties. Now, I will tell you some of the ties that didn't quite make it were the ones that I picked up for $3 at street vendors. I think there's one or two that are still with uh-huh. me to this day. But, uh, you know, those are the types of ties you end up usually wearing once as a novelty. Uh, however, there are some very high-quality ties that I bought, even when I was back in college that I can still wear. So a good high-quality tie with a timeless design will serve you for a very, very long time. And it's also an easy gift as well, if you think about it. It doesn't take up much space, doesn't cost much to ship. Uh, You know, we're going to start um, having our ties um, at duty-free stores. It's something you just slip in your bag and then you bring it to somebody. It's something they've never, you know what I mean? There's no way, uh, the chances are very small that somebody gave them one of the exact ties that you've chosen for them. You know, that kind of a thing. Right. Right. And and again, going back to what I said earlier, if you're somebody who's in the public eye every day wearing a suit every day, uh you and and your go-to suit, like let's say, you know, typically a president of the United States regardless of who it is, they usually favor blue suits with red ties because our flag is red, white and blue. So you can have so many blue suits, uh but if you keep wearing the same red tie every day, there's no imagination to that. Uh, if you have 10 people give you gifts of 10 different red ties, then you have 10 different fashion statements. This is very true. Uh, and another thing which is interesting, um, one, of our, um, uh, one of our associates who's been helping us a lot, Barbara Wilder in Los Angeles, she decided to, um, to do us a favor, and she 
you know, she's doing some photography work for us. And she turned around and says, I'm going to go to shelters, put ties around dogs, and take pictures of them. Nice. Lo and behold, the dogs that had ties on them that the shelter put on their website, and I wish I could remember the name of the shelter, they, uh-huh. I think they had, they went, they went out about eighty percent faster than the other one. So a dog even works. I mean, a tie even works for a dog. <laughs> right. Well, uh, and uh, you know, and among the cat world, uh, there's a meme that goes around called Business Cat. Uh, Business Cat is a real cat. The cat's name is Emilio. He was rescued from a shelter and his humans bought him this little toy necktie and took a picture of him wearing the necktie. Now, according to his humans, within 24 hours, Emilio uh, dipped the necktie in his water bowl and destroyed it. But this meme goes around of business cats saying, um, it is time for your performance review right now. Or, boss, I need a raise. My wife had nine kids yesterday. So it's just all kinds of takes on things you would say in the office, but with a cat perspective. And it's hilarious. Now, what's beautiful about that is that I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but for a while anyway, the humans had a website up. Uh, It was the official business cat website, and it collected donations for the shelter where they had rescued Emilio. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still doing that or not, but I know that at least for a couple years, because Business Cat is actually a pretty old name. I think it's going on seven or eight years, so uh, you know who knows if Emilio is still around, because even the videos of him are kind of old. But uh, you know when that Business Cat thing first happened, uh, and if this was a cat wearing a tie, uh, it became a sensation. And I, and from what I'm seeing, there was a lot of help that was done for cats in need, just like you're doing help for dogs in need. Yeah, that's a fascinating story that you shared. I wasn't aware about that. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've discovered that in in men's fashion, ties are not going to go away. You just don't look the same if you're going to an Oscar event and you've got your shirt unbuttoned and you're not wearing anything. Unless you're you're Al Pacino, in which case you can get away with it. But even he wears a tie. It doesn't matter. Yes, he's Al Pacino. Even he wears a tie, though, most of the time. It may be like loose to accommodate the fact that his shirt is three buttons unbuttoned, but even he mm-hmm. will frequently wear a tie. You know, back to yeah. the point. That's true, and he doesn't have to. But, yeah, so at the end of the day, we're stuck with ties. So my thinking is, why not make them look good? Why not make them look distinctive? So one of our ads says, you know, if you've got to wear a tie, at least look cool wearing it. So we can now cater to to the person who's out there, maybe a singer or a rapper, uh, a cool dude, if you will, who, uh, unfortunately, I stole that from a, from a news uh, article I read this morning, but a cool <laughs> dude can still wear a tie wearing one of our ties. He doesn't feel embarrassing. You know, I'm not with the old generation. I'm cool. Well, you've got your tie. Choose it, and we'll, we'll continue making designs as long as we can so that we can keep giving them that different look because when you're in a meeting – and, uh, you know, everybody's wearing the same tie and everybody's looking the same. And you're the one person who's got a beautiful tie on and you stand out. Who are they going to remember, first of all? But second of all, it's also a power statement because at the end of the day, when everybody's wearing their conservative ties to, a, you know, a Fortune 500 meeting and one person's wearing a tie of multiple colors that stands out, who do you think's got the power? Who's got the confidence? Take something to walk in like that. Yeah, yeah, which is which is very true. And as I learned uh, from back in the day, you can wear the the bargain the bargain 
the bargain warehouse suit, uh, spend a couple bucks to have it tailored up nice to fit your form, and then put a real nice power tie on top of that, and people will remember you as that person who wore a clean, well-pressed suit with a really nice tie. Yeah, absolutely, because you can buy suits for for incredibly good prices at a number of stores. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I was at uh, Marshall's with a friend of mine, and he's showing me he bought a suit there for like $170. I mean, it's nothing for a right. suit. And, and the tie can, you know, you, you, can change, you can bring that same suit, wear it all week long, wear different ties, and people think you have a different outfit, you know, every yeah. single day. I mean, <laughs> it's a thing, because bow ties don't do it for me. I've never really liked. I don't. First, I hate tying them. Second, not much on that little bow tie kind of thing. Didn't didn't feel masculine to me. But I think ties have a place, and I think there's there is a resurgence of ties coming out. Except you you just need to have the right tie, not just any tie. The same wearing a tie today, big deal. You know what I mean? It's right. like a leash. Yeah. Oh, Interestingly I love enough, that. I love a performer, that. Uh, when I was at Vegas at, fa- at fashion, um, at, um, at the magic show, um, the apparel show, uh, there was a gentleman who was, uh, was going to see one of the Cirque du Soleil's, and he'd gotten injured, and so he was outside helping with the tickets, and uh, I was just standing in line uh, with the person I was with, minding my own business, and he comes up to me and says, that's one hell of a leash, I love it. And I didn't realize he was talking about my ties. So I've never heard it called a leash before, but it, it's interesting. Well, I got, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, in preparing to have you on the Business Creators Radio Show, I did do some research on you. I mean, you are involved in so many things. Uh, you're a lawyer who's involved in immigration law. You have uh, Relationships 901, which we'll cover in a minute. You have Ant- Antonio Stefano, the, the tie company. Uh, I got to tell you, I did find a picture of you in a bow tie, but uh, we'll let it go because you uh, were also wearing a tux. Did I, did I actually tie that bow tie? Probably not, but actually, I see two pictures of you wearing a wearing a bow tie, and in both cases, it's part of a tuxedo. Okay, because what I what I started doing at my own events, even when I got tired of tying the bow tie, I just started having them untied. So I'm hoping one of them has it at least untied, which is how I prefer to wear one. Because I have a whole collection of them for all these charity events I go to, and you know, sometimes sure. you have to have them. So I don't quite know how I'm going to make the transition for the public of wearing regular ties instead of bow ties with tuxedos. There's got to be a way. A shirt has to be designed that might make it look good. And you might be the man to do it. So where I want to close for right now, and I thought it would be great to talk about neckties because, I, I, as I said, I love a fine necktie, and I'm not big on getting dressed up. And when I do get dressed up, I like to put on a nice suit with a nice tie, and I put a lot of thought and effort into that is uh, you have developed a timeless business. Uh, if we're looking at this from a uh, from the entrepreneurial perspective of multiple streams of income, you have the law practice, you have Antonio Stefano, and you have Relationships 901, which we'll cover in a second. Uh, but this is a classic case of multiple streams of income, and they're all things that you're passionate about. So you get to live a very rich life, and you get to give back, or whatever term you prefer to use, because as you said, uh, you're able to take 49% of, I believe you said, the uh, was it the gross yep. revenues you said, and put that into your dog hospital. Um, yes, I can I can take 49. I believe you said the profits, but I'm, I'm not a tax guy. I'm not positive, but whatever it is, that's what's going okay. in. And then, and then we uh, and then, but the other 51%. 
uh, as long as I don't have outside investors, I can do with what I want. I just have to have it taxed. So, so you're probably right. Right, right. So, revenue, be pre-taxing. Right, so we. Right, so we're not sure if it's gross revenue or or profits or what have you. So our our adv- advice to um, everybody listening is, we're not CPAs. Find one and ask them. Uh, but the but point actually, you're right. It would have to. It would have to. I'm sorry. It would have to be gross revenue. You were right. You know why? Because uh, they don't care what you do post-tax revenue. So you're right. It's, it's gross revenue. Oh, okay. Right, right. But the, yeah. But the larger point is, is by creating multiple streams of revenue, uh, representing your different passions, you can raise a lot of money for that which you want to do in the world. And as business creators, one of our ultimate goals is to be able to say that we have uh, we have done something fantastic with our business and it gives us the opportunity to serve the world from an overflowing cup but and that's kind of you know it's, it's funny you should say that because it echoes my sentiments one of the things that we're trying to put out as a message is for all the entrepreneurs there's so many successful entrepreneurs even if you give away one percent you don't have to do 49 and it doesn't have to be dogs you know pick a cause but we could make this world such a better place if that was part of everybody's business formula. Say one, two, three percent. Let's take it and help those who have less than us. I would love to see that. I never will, but you know, maybe a few people will convert to to that thinking. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, so at this point, almost halfway through here, and I'd like to transition. Uh, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you is, how does a lawyer get into the fashion business? And we've spent almost a half hour covering that. Uh, so, what inspires a lawyer? How does a lawyer and a fashion guy get into the dating and relationships business? Tell us that one. Well, actually, and you know, when you, you'll see that my four companies, because there's also, I also own a film production company. The four businesses, wow. they actually all work hand in hand. Um, okay. Relationships 901 started like this. I, um, um, I was involved with the ERA, the Electronic Retail Association, which is the, the huge infomercial association. Wonderful, wonderful group of people. Long story short, at one time, I had created the very first DVD program, so it tells you how old it is, on U.S. immigration. Six hours long, every visa, every green card covered, tips, traps, shortcuts, everything that we'd learned from being involved in this field. And I lost a ton of money uh, thinking that we could sell it through infomercials and, uh, and later on through the Internet because a lot of people were just looking for free advice, so they'll call a lawyer and, you know, blah, 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 think that they, they've learned everything, not knowing what they don't get out of that consultation. You know, in half an hour, you can only cover so much. Well, I said to myself later on, um, as a negotiator, because I've done a lot of high-level negotiations for politicians, movie producers, actors, um, in areas like extortion, kidnapping, blackmail, career destruction, marital issues. Right. And so I said, you know, how can I, instead of creating something like I did with the immigration program and try and sell it, why don't um, I find something where there's a need and fill that need? And I looked at the ERA and the various products that are doing well in infomercials, and I realized that nobody's dealt with the relationship issue. And we've created our own conflict resolution model that we use in our cases in negotiating. 
And I said to myself, well, you know, where do people have the most problems? In relationships. And nobody attacked that subject for quite a number of years. The last person that did, though, made $165 million in a year because I got double booked with her manager in a limo going to the airport. And we just, you know, fate will have it. He, He was the person who was in that car. And so I said to myself, let's put two and two together. And um, so I said, I'll I'll take my – now, I know one thing in negotiations, if we can't negotiate something in a week, it's usually non-negotiable. And when I say negotiating, I'm not talking about, you know, where a lawyer says, give me 100 grand, the other guy says 50, they meet at 75. I'm talking about where you have to penetrate somebody's psyche, know who they right. are, their relationship with their parents. Well, who is this person? What do they really want? And there's always, in my level of negotiations, there's always one non-negotiable. Like in the kidnapping of the federal agent's son, we needed that right. son back across the Atlantic and safe. Non-negotiable. Um, right. So in this level, I said to myself, what can I do to help people's relationships? So we took the concept of one week and put together a program that's now six hours long, broken, of course, into 20-minute segments that stream, and explained 44 topics of how to resolve them. And then also we have a secondary market of people who are single and say, why don't you understand your fellow human being so that you don't end up past the point of no return? You know, you're in the relationship, you moved in with a person, and you're like, oh, my God, I had no idea this is what that person was like. So we're about really understanding the person, not buy them flowers, take them on a trip and all that kind of stuff. Really understanding who the person is because there's so many traits that betray us. Um, And when you know the person, you'll understand if they're your fit. And so I thought this would be a great great opportunity to also make money for my dogs. Okay. Yeah. And I think think that's great. And I, you know, just – your experience as a you know, through negotiation through your law practice i mean we put this you know between your work as an attorney your work in fashion your work in relationships and your work with the uh with the other company that i'm about to ask film you about production film production there's a there's a bit of a james bond aspect to you you even have that look I, I got to tell you. They do? Well, oh, thank you very much. I am a, I'm a huge fan of James Bond. So thank yeah. you. But I never thought of myself that way, but good. Absolutely. And I have, though, actually, I have been involved in cases where my life has been threatened. I've had to get guys with machine guns protect me. So, yes, there has been a little bit of that in my in my negotiating. <laughs> nice. Nice. All I right. Don't think so. So. I, I don't think so. I had a contract out on my life. It's the last thing you ever want to have done. <laughs> right. Well, you know what I meant. Like I, I meant good. nice. I meant, I meant nice in the sense of wow. You know, like nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> yeah, we try to have British, fun here. Though, I have that British show. sense of dry humor. Adam. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that as well. So, uh, all right. So, how does and how does a lawyer who's in the fashion business uh, and the relationships business get into film production? Oh, that's an easy one and, and, and one of the best things I've ever I've ever enjoyed in my life. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I'm involved in a lot of business litigation, and, you know, we get all of these advertisements in the mail, and now it's the Internet, And because uh, I've been in law now for 29 years. Right. And I got this advertisement of learn to act to do better in court. 
I thought, well, now that sounds interesting. And I thought, what a nice way of spending an evening and something that could make me a better lawyer. So I turned around and took this course on acting for court. I thought, oh, my, this is a lot of fun. And right. uh, then I ended up um, going, uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up living in L.A. for a while. studied with um, three of the um, uh, top five coaches in L.A. Um, and ended up being a in a dozen uh, independent films and, and one in Italy uh, where I lived for a year. And uh, and then all of a sudden uh, I said to myself, well, you know, I don't have agents, I don't I don't have managers, I'm not, you know, you know, there are certain characteristics that will make you get through the industry faster, youth being one of them. Uh, but people say, why don't you make your own film? So I did. I learned about film production that way and we had actually been able to show it at Cannes. So I ended up going to the Cannes Film Festival, which is truly one of the biggest experiences of my life and unbelievable fun. I'm just like the Oscars are going to be uh, here in L.A. And long story short, um, I, uh, I said to myself, you know, with, see, because we deal with a lot of foreign investors in our immigration department, they don't know America and how it works. And you need, uh, well, film production helps you in creating something on the Internet which is three-dimensional. Uh, the Internet is going towards that right now. Now, I'd love to be doing creative films, but again, I have to earn a living. You know, so the law, the law firm, you know, it, it's kind of it's the one company that, you know, I have to be very serious about all the time. There's no exceptions. Right. But uh, we we help companies with, with doing film production, and it keeps my hands wet with respect to, you know, the whole editing, this, that, what's involved, because I just I have to say I love it. And the people you meet, just like in fashion, um, you know, they're a lot of fun. They're very different than the people I meet in law. Now, I'm not talking about my clients. I'm talking about, you know, lawyers and judges. You know, they tend to be sure. serious all the time and this and that. And, you know, the creative set are very different. So it gives me a beautiful buffet of human beings to meet that's been, I can't tell you, what an immense pleasure and how rich it's made my life. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's quite, that's quite a tale. And again, I just love how you embrace these passions and you find ways to make the things you need and the things you like work for you. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about, about more about this dog hospital. Um, earlier in our segment here, we discussed, uh, you know, what the thing, you know, some of the things the dog hospital would do. But let me ask you this. What made you decide on building a dog hospital instead of, you know, say, posting fundraisers, something like that? Oh, Lord. The fundraisers, are, are they're a royal pain. I mean, getting money, getting sponsors. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not the kind of person that, first of all, being British, I'm not used to asking for anything. You know, even asking for my fees is uncomfortable, <laughs> but we have to pay our right. bills. Um, so it's just not in me to have that kind of an organization. Secondly, and I've seen this as a volunteer in other organizations where somebody gives them 100000 per event, and then all of a sudden they stop. You know, maybe their business didn't do well, and they don't have 100000 this year to take a tax right. deduction on. So um, you're constantly in the unknown. And I don't feel comfortable constantly in the unknown. I know that the world is changing, everything changes, blah, blah, blah. But to be constantly there and depending on third parties is not good. To me, for me, for my business model, I'd rather be at least, even if I'm responsible, because I am the CEO at the end of the day, I'm responsible for anything that goes wrong. 
I'd rather be responsible but, but have you know, more than 50% in chargeness, if you will, or being in charge more than 50%, then completely leaving it in the hands of some donor and their money. So with the dog hospital, you have, well, not a sure, there's no such thing as a sure thing, as I said in Wall Street, but you have something that makes business sense. Uh, you know, you've got a, a highly diagnostic, you know, MRIs, CAT scans, this, that, everything to diagnose an animal. Number two, you've got vets, who have smaller facilities who would refer people to you, just don't steal the clients. You know what I mean? They come in, they get tested, they come back. Um, number three, if we're dealing with a lot of abused and abandoned dogs and we have great diagnostic facilities, right. we will be able to track some of the best veterinarians in the United States today. Think about that. Because what doctor wouldn't want to be in a place that's, I can't use the expression, but, you know, that's got it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got everything that they need, and that's their priority. That may all, there may be some government funding or grants that we can get because we can also be a research facility. Now, not to, I'm not talking about bad research on animals, but I'm saying, for example, the average human being can't afford fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 surgery on a dog, and they probably wouldn't. Yeah. Whereas I can say, hey, look, these doctors work for me full time. I get them at wholesale rates. It only ends up costing me five thousand. You know, not counting everything else, obviously. Sure. But um, so let's do it. Let's do the surgery and let's see if we're able to do this. So we can now develop new techniques. We'll be at the cutting edge. And then the people who can afford it, they'll say, look, they've done it before. Go ahead, give it a shot with my dog. I can afford it. I love the dog try it. So I think it'll have a lot of commensalistic issues that will really help it to progress. And on top of that, I want to use the Priceline method of charging. Like we want to run three eight-hour shifts. And if you yeah. come to me <coughs> excuse me, for an MRI prime time, it'll be what, what the standard rate is, which is about $2,500. You come to me at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning, that same MRI is $900. And uh, I can probably do it in four easy payments for you. So the person who couldn't afford it in, in prime time, you know, you lose a little bit of sleep, but I get to run these machines nonstop because if they're stopped for an hour, that's like an airplane on the ground. They have zero value to me. I want to be right. the guy who's calling the repair company for the MRI and say, hey, look, this thing's worn out already. I need you to fix it. That's how busy I want these machines <laughs> to be. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so, you know that, that, and, that's, and that's a very good way of looking at it is the, uh, is the price line model of looking to fill all the space so that hotel room is always filled. That, that exactly. seat on that airplane is always filled. Uh, I, what I thought you were referring to when you said the price line you know, pricing model at first was uh, myself being a user of Priceline. Every time I book a flight, um, I end up with like five separate charges on my credit card because they pass it through and then they take their administrative fees separately. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't thinking. I, we, we, even in our law firm, we don't believe in nickel and diming. No, I'm just right. saying that, like you said, every single seat, because these machines are useless when they're not working. And I'm willing to bet that the, the few vet facilities that have MRIs, they're not constantly being used. I'm sure insurance companies don't like to cover the cost, and the public's not too crazy about it. But, you know, if we can keep them fully operational, be well-located in a strategic location where a number of veterinarians would refer the dogs, 
I think that, uh, you know, all of these machines could be constantly in use, and that would be phenomenal. Um, we can do the surgeries on the abused and abandoned dog at night rather than doing them in prime time, for example. And as yeah. we develop new techniques, well, I also, what you don't know about me is, um, I um, I have a degree in biochemistry and experimental genetics. So at one time I wanted to be a doctor, applied to one school, missed by one question on a 24-hour exam, and never <laughs> went back. So so this, you know, I have a fascination. A lot of our clients are, are MDs. Um, some of my closest friends are doctors. So, you know, the whole thing would work um, very, very well. And, you know, one area, too, that we're going to concentrate on is dentistry. I happen to be dating a dentist. And, uh, you know, the problem is there are different factors from our teeth and dog's teeth, but what a lot of owners, even wealthy ones, don't realize is sometimes the, dog, the dogs are suffering um, because of dental issues. It's just an area that hasn't, you know, hasn't been tapped enough. There aren't a lot of veterinarian dentists. There aren't a lot of vets to begin with. Um, so that's an area we're also going to have. So diagnostic surgery and dentistry, and as you stated earlier, we do full grooming, but only for the for the beautiful dogs that come in for free. I see. I see. I see. So uh, yeah, and what I also like about uh, this model, as you're saying, uh, is that we can use it to help bring the cost of animal health care down. Like when I I have two cats myself, and when Princess Stella was a kitten, I was traveling, and while I was away, the pet sitter uh, contacted me, uh, freaking out because apparently Stella had not used the litter box in over a day, so they needed to take her to a vet, and uh turned out she had cystitis. Well, thank goodness we caught it at the cystitis stage, because uh, for those who know what cystitis leads to, uh, you want to catch it early. Uh, Point being, though, however, is uh, that was almost $900 out of pocket, and because I didn't have my care credit card with me uh, on you know, three time zones away and couldn't get access to the number of the care credit card, I had to put it on my personal credit card and then get reimbursed for it, uh, leading me to obviously get pet insurance because I'm not going to go through that twice. But a lot of people don't have pet insurance and then eventually find themselves in situations where, uh, you know, let's take it back to dogs, the dog gets really sick and the surgery or the procedure might cost $2,500. Without the pet insurance and without means of their own, now it becomes a question of are we going to put Fido down? Yep. And if, you're, and if your animal hospital, your dog hospital can – make that a decision of, no, we're going to keep Fido going, we're going to get Fido the treatment, and he's going to live a long, healthy life, then that is certainly something I can endorse all day long. Well, I can't, you know, in, in all honesty, we can't be everything to everybody. Like, in right. a sense that we can lower the price at night uh, yeah. for the general public, but we also don't want the general public to have the idea of, oh, let me get a dog, even though I financially can't afford it, because this hospital is going to take care of it for free. You well, know, we, yeah. we have to be careful from a business perspective. <laughs> well, that's being irresponsible. That's being yeah. irresponsible. I mean, that, that, I mean, when you when you rescue an animal or you adopt an animal, you've got to you've got to know that you're preparing to give that animal a forever home where they're going to be treated like family. If you can't do that, don't adopt. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that that's important to us. But by lowering the price at night, we might be able to do a lot. And I think if, you know, one of the things I wanted to have, which I really was surprised by, 
um, how little cooperation there is amongst the different shelters and animal uh, facilities um, in San Diego, because I can only speak to the city that I live in at the moment. Um, but they don't seem to they communicate much with, with each other. They're all doing their own thing in a different way. But one of the things yeah. that I want to open up, Although I think we'll probably be we'll probably be located in LA because of the demographics and because I don't want to compete with a certain hospital that I'll be depending on to give me advice. Um, <laughs> is um, I, I want to be a resource center. I want to be somewhere where we have a list of all the places that you know people can get things done. You know, just have one person doing nothing but that on a full time basis, and any other facility that needs help with something. Uh, let's work together because I think what happens with a lot of charities is they forget at the end of the day why they started. And they're trying to make all this money just to support what I call the machine, which is the infrastructure. Whereas now, anything we do that's related to all these dog things, my law firm picks up the tab, you know, the, the, with the human resources, the this, the that, the that, everything's done. So there's zero operating costs. However, I know a company has operating costs, but you can't have 80% of the money going to operating costs. I mean, you have to remember why you're there, and I, and I wish that more charities would realize they're there for the dogs, not to create jobs for themselves and everybody else. And let's cooperate. Let's help the dogs. And I, I haven't seen enough. I'm kind of bothered by that, I have to be honest. And, you know, I, I want to see more of that because one of the things we're going to do with our hospital when we develop a template on this hospital, meaning where we buy our equipment, how we get it architecturally created to be most effective to get a patient, you know, who needs um, trauma surgery ASAP, you know, how many seconds is it going to be from the parking lot to the OR and ready to go? You know, that kind of thing till we get the 10 blade out. Yeah. So um, we're going to figure everything out, and then we're going to create a comprehensive manual. And anybody who's honest, rather than somebody who says, you know what, I like this idea, I can make 100% of profits, but somebody who really wants to help dogs and replicate my hospital anywhere in the world, we'll give them full access to all of our information and even support them in making it happen. That's my dream. Wow. Um, and you're planning to do this in San Diego or elsewhere? No, this will – I'd like to be – and I know it's expensive land, but as close to Beverly Hills and Westwood as possible. There has okay. to be some location there because I think that would be a prime location for um, – you know, for a lot of dogs and for a lot of people who can afford, you know, medical services. Because we're not going to be like going to the, the one-man vet show. Obviously, we're going to get the best doctor's money can buy. It's going to cost a little bit more. So right. some of the, you know, the higher demographic is more likely to have insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Will we make exceptions for, you know, you know some guy who says, look, I have no money. My dog just got hit by a car. Absolutely. Because it's about the dog. But, you know, we just don't, you know, we have to be careful that people don't, you know, don't look at us as, you know, in the wrong way and take advantage because otherwise it will destroy the business model and no dog wins then. Right. That's uh, so, uh, so what currently do you see are the, the opportunities and or the obstacles between where we are right here today on the Business Creators Radio Show uh, doing this interview and you getting this dog hospital open? Uh, the SWOT analysis. Um, the right now, yes. the the uh, the obstacles and opportunities uh, go hand in hand. Meeting the right people. You know, I I need to meet 
some people who can help me in the fashion area in creating a brand? Have we have we spoken to a number of people already and done our homework? Absolutely. But you know, there's you know, you can't get enough information. You know, when you go to a place like Magic, where um, there's there are three convention centers full of booths, and you realize that none none of well, not none of these. In one in one center at the Mandalay Bay, it was mainly the big brands. But the other ones, tons and tons of booths, and they're not brands. They haven't made it. You know, the the work ahead of us is a very steep curve. But the nice thing is. All of the firms work commensalistically because what we learn from, like, Relationships 901 is a pure Internet play. Um, you know, it's streamable on any device. Most of the advertising will be done on the Internet, et cetera, et cetera. So what we learn there, we apply to the tie company, or well, right, the clothing company, but right now we're just selling the ties, to Antonio right. Stefano. So what, and then what we learn from Antonio Stefano we bring into Relationships 901. And then the film production company helps me create advertising we can put on YouTube and our own website, um, you know, to, again, three-dimensionalize who we are, what we do, and, and bring that feeling. But it really, at the end of the day, to answer your question, it's people. I need to meet some people who really love dogs and say, Stefano, I'm, you know, I know that I also run a clothing company, and I know I don't want to give you my secrets, but do this, this, and that. And you can skip a few steps rather than having to learn everything the hard way. Or even in Relationships 901, you know, the Internet is a fascinating area. I've learned so much of these tech conferences, which I never in my life, like I said, thought I'd be at. Um, there, yeah. There's a lot to know. And um, again, there are many steps to go through. And just a few good people uh, who really love dogs and, and you know believe in what we're doing with like two hours advice each could change our whole world. Um, so that's important to me. And then, of course, when we build a hospital, you know, I'll be I'll be consulting with vets nationwide in order to build the best. I want a kind of hospital where if a human being has a problem, this and they're nearby, they would rather go here than the human hospital. That's how I feel about the, the hospital where I, where I send my dogs here, veterinary specialty hospital. They are. The uh, just an absolutely outstanding facility. I mean, you can't ask for better service. Um, you know, so that's what we're trying to build. So it, 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 I'm, I'm depending on people. That's my my, my and, and there's so many hours in the day to get this done. <laughs> so that's about right. the long and short of it. Right, right. So a lot of uh, challenges, also a lot of opportunities. Uh, but again, what I just want to emphasize again for those who are just tuning in now on the live broadcast or those who kind of skipped ahead, uh, you kind of want to go back and listen to the whole thing because other than the fact that Stephen brings sort of a James Bond flair to what we're doing here today, uh, which is very exciting, is you see how he's combining the various intersections of his brilliance and his passion to support the, the opportunity to do good for others. Uh, we at the Business Creators Radio Show and the Business Creators Institute are very interested in animal rights and animal rescue. And when we first heard about uh, this topic and the opportunity to bring Stephen on, uh, we're very, very, very excited uh, to be able to share this. It's a little bit of a change from what we normally do on the Business Creators Radio Show, but we really wanted to give this its due because uh, it's a classic example for all of our business creators who are trying to figure out, you know, how do I get those multiple streams of income? How do I do stuff that's fun 
so that if I'm hustling a few different businesses simultaneously, that I'm not just doing some cash cow that I hate just to fund something else, where I can do what I love to fund something else instead. And you've heard Stephen's passion for uh, fashion. You've heard his passion for relationships. You've heard his passion for film. And you hear his passion for helping abused dogs and dogs in need of rescue. So this is really something that I hope will inspire all of our listeners, uh, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening on the replay tomorrow, whether you're listening a year from now. Uh, this is definitely something that you want to embrace in your life. And it could be something like uh, you know, creating really great neckties. I can tell you that having been to uh, AntonioStefano.com, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, you'll probably see me wearing a couple of these neckties around pretty soon. I might have to go buy a new suit just to support the necktie. <laughs> Well, Adam, thank you so much. Yes, yes, absolutely. So we are near the top of the hour, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, Stephen, give you one more opportunity. Uh, there's so many different ways that people can engage with you and so many things that business creators can gain from you. So if somebody's listening right now and there's one action that they could take that could help themselves, that you could in any way be supportive of, what would that be and how would they get started? That's such a broad question. In, in what in what perspective are you thinking, Adam? Uh, let's. Let, I mean, let's let's see here. I mean, uh, let's say somebody wants to get involved uh, helping with uh, with the rescue of abused dogs uh, as we work towards the hospital. Uh, what's a step that somebody could take right now, um, regardless of whether if they have four businesses to support it or not? I'll tell you what. The best step they could do um, they can contact me um, because I'm all about. Uh, you know, custom made something being custom made to you rather than one size fits all. Uh, ah. and I, if they told me their story, I'll tell them what they can do. I'd be delighted. Um, and they can reach me um, at contact, like I want to contact you, at yep. San Diego Bizlaw.com, which is B I Z L A W.com. And, and if they t- tell me what they're up to, what they have in mind, um, I'd be delighted to um, to share with them some um, idea that might work. We can think of something because there's something that can be done. You know what I mean? Everybody, you, for example, by offering me this opportunity, have done a lot for which I'm very grateful. My whole Thank team you. thanks you. So you know, all of us, if we just take that little step, right? You're one step closer. Yeah. The Coliseum yes. was built one one um, brick at a time. Rome wasn't built in a day. So uh, absolutely, Stephen. No, <laughs> Stephen Rizik, yeah, Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure, and I really appreciate your generosity. And for me and our listeners, it's been an honor and an education. So thank you, my friend. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.